Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic Splash. Unsuspecting Friends. A work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org local. Welcome into the latest installment of the Golf Channel Podcast. I'm your host, Will Gray. Pleased to be joined live and in color today by Colt Nost. Thanks for having me, Will. Glad to, uh, glad to have you in here. I know that you're a little on the, on the disabled list right now, but working back into form. Give us an update on, on where things stand uh, with your injury and, and with your rehab. Yeah, I had wrist surgery seven weeks ago today. Um, so just you know, taking my time, just trying to make sure everything's really good before we get going back at it. So probably going to start chipping and putting in here pretty soon. But, um, you know, planning on making my return in October at the start of the wraparound season. Okay. Um, so just, you know, trying to make sure I don't rush it back. Yeah. I've heard I've, there's not been too many guys that say I came back too late. Yeah. Uh, well, this week with the Valero, Ian Poulter in the news, he's got one start left. He's making his last start of his major medical. So I want to go back to either the fall or even the early spring with you. As a player that is used to playing year in and year out, how tough is that to make that decision of I need to pull the plug now and really – get this taken care of and save those starts for my medical extension when I get back out there. Yeah, it's tough, you know, because, I mean, we're all competitors and we, we all want to play. I mean, it's no fun sitting at home watching guys out there playing and making money and, you know, winning, winning tournaments. And, f like, for me and for my example, it was just I got to the point where I couldn't compete anymore, I felt like. I mean, I was playing at 75% and I lost a lot of distance, which, for me, I can't afford that. And it was kind of like taking, you know, a knife to a gunfight for me, it felt like, there at the start of the year this year. And so I just decided, and I had a lot of guys tell me for a while, they're like, you need to get this fixed. And I finally just had to come to realize, you know what, I've still got a lot of time left in my career, and um, I'm going to get this fixed and come back better. I was going to say, it's, it seems like it was a gradual pro uh, you know, process there, but was there one day where you woke up and you just said, this is it, I, can't, you know, I need to take a break? Honestly, it bothered me all year last year, and I was just playing so well that I didn't want to you know, take any time off. I pretty much didn't practice at all last year. I would warm up and go play and then be done. And... But then it got to the point where at the end of the year I started struggling a little bit and so I started practicing and it got worse and worse and I noticed my club head speed kept dropping and dropping and it was just to the point where I, I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. You're a guy that's been out on tour uh, since 2008, but now we're here in 2017. There's been ups and downs. What, what was it like for you with the learning curve of just getting your feet under you, coming in as a highly touted amateur, having won the public links, having won the U.S. amateur, trying to get used to playing for pay? Yeah, it's, it's tough. You know, it's just a totally different deal. I mean, you go from playing with college and amateur golf to, you know, 12, 13 times a year to playing 25 to 30. And, I mean, it's just, it's a totally different world. You're out there by yourself, whereas before you're with a team and you're always traveling with buddies and amateur golf, and you're out there by yourself and trying to make a living, and it's, it's different, and, you know. Like you said, like, I had a lot of success in amateur golf, and I came in with a lot of confidence, and probably too much confidence. I had a great year on the web, but then I took it over to the PGA Tour and probably got a little ahead of myself, and 
I got slapped around pretty good, and it was it was a good thing though. I was guess ultimately, you know, you're you're in a position now where you're succeeding outside of the injury on the PGA Tour. Do you look back at that and say maybe I needed to have that little speed bump in order to yeah, get my sure. head right? You know, I mean, I was a young kid making good money, and I like to have a good time, and um, you know, it just I, I, golf wasn't as big a priority as it should have been, and. It took me a few years to realize that. You know, I thought I could kind of skate by like I did on the web tour. You know, I won twice right out of the gate and kind of thought, you know, the PJ Tour is going to be kind of the same way. I'm going to compete it week in and week out and just have a great, great career out here. And I found out quickly that's not how it works. And I had to make golf a priority. And, you know, I've started to do that. And each year I've gotten better in the last few years. Looking back to that transition uh, in 2007, as I said, you had won the public links, you had won the U.S. Amateur, which got you a double invite to Augusta National, which you decided to pass up. And you turned pro, and you didn't play in the 2008 Masters as a professional. You still haven't gotten back there as a pro. You didn't play as an amateur. You haven't gotten there as a pro. Is that something that still sticks in your craw, or do you use that uh, as motivation? Yeah, I mean, it's it's motivation. I mean, everybody wants to play the Masters. But, yeah. I mean, if you told me I would play on tour for 20 years and never play in the Masters, or, you know, play on tour for two years and had played in the Masters, I wouldn't. I mean, I'd yeah. want to be on tour for 20 years. I mean, yeah. I want to make a career out of this game. It's not just one tournament. Even though it's the biggest tournament in the world, and yes, I strive to get there every year, I mean, making this game, having a great career in this game was my number one priority. What's the most misunderstood aspect of tour life? <sighs> Sleeping in a hotel probably 30 weeks a year. It's It gets a little old, honestly. I mean, you know, it's you just... You ever have that situation where you go in and you try and put the key into last week's hotel room? Oh. Whatever, you're in 324. I scared this girl two. so bad one time. I followed her off the elevator because I thought I was going to my room. And I'm following her step by step and I get there and it's her room. And I realized that was the room number for last week. Yeah. And I was like, oh boy. I was yeah. so embarrassed. But yeah, it happens. You talk your way out of that one though? I was just like, oh, I'm bad. My bad. And just turned around and walked away. But it is though. It's, I mean, you're going week in, week out from, you know, you yeah. leave Sunday, you get there Monday or Tuesday. It's, it's not exactly, I mean, it's certainly... It's first world problems yeah. by definition, but it's not it's, it's not easy, right? Totally. I mean, I wouldn't trade my life for anything in the world, but it, it's a grind. I mean, it's it's a people people think, you know, everybody travels the way Roy McIlroy, Dustin Johnson and stuff like that, and that's not true. I mean, uh, there's a lot of guys that struggle out there and it's it's a I mean, it's a, it's a tough life. It's a great life, but it's right. also a tough life. If I make you commissioner for the day, what's what, what's the first thing you're going to change? Slow pace of play. Yeah. It's so brutal out there, yeah. Well, you're already one of the quicker guys, but yeah. you, th you think in general, is there anything that can be done? Do we need to start actually giving yeah. penalties? Do yeah. we need I mean, to? It's, they know what to do. It's shots, for sure. I mean, but it's just, I just don't think it's going to ever change. You don't think that uh, it, it's just how it is? I mean, 20 years since the last penalty, basically, on tour for yeah. slow play? And... I, I wish they would start handing them out because it would make a big difference. Or start calling out who those slow players are. I was going to say, everyone, it seems like everyone knows who the, yeah. who the repeat offenders are sure. inside that locker room. Yeah, we know for sure who the slow guys are. But if they start putting, you know, make those slow guys play at the back of the pack every Thursday, Friday, you know, and see how yeah. I think they'll start. It's amazing to me when they get put on the clock how fast they play. Mm -hmm. That's what drives me crazy. Well, it's, it's a situation, too, where they get on the clock and then you catch up and then they, they yeah. drop back, yeah. right? Exactly. <sighs> we'll get you in that chair, in that chair soon <laughs> enough. What about those other, the, the rule changes that we've been talking about for the last month or two, probably going in in 2019? I know you were outspoken about the Lexi Thompson situation at the ANA. Is there one of those proposed rules that you think is really going to help, or do you feel like they're just not addressing the right stuff? Well, to say the Lexi Thompson thing, it just it bothers me that someone can sit there and call in from their couch. Like we've all talked about, I, I don't even know what number you call, what, how you I get still ha I haven't seen the red, the red phone around yeah. here at, at Golf Channel no, Studios. have not seen no it. No clue who they call or anything. But 
the fact that they can call in and just change the outcome of a tournament just bothers me so much. Like, I mean, yeah, honestly, what she did was a penalty. Mm -hmm. But once the scorecard's signed, once it's the next day, everything, I mean, that stuff's got to be done. Yeah. So in terms of the other rules, is there one that, I don't know if you've, if you've seen those lists, but if we're, if we're knocking the lost ball from five minutes to three and if we're dropping from six inches off the ground instead yeah. of at shoulder length, is there anything that you, yeah, or I the think, spike mark rule perhaps? Yeah. I love being able to tap down spike marks because yeah. some guys, I think, <laughs> aren't too careful with how they walk on the green. Well, the conspiracy theorists will say that then, and a couple other guys, I know Justin Thomas threw this out, that guys are going to create a little funnel. on. Well, I think you could see that. Yeah. I mean, if you see some guy going like this for four feet, I mean, that's yeah. kind of obvious. That's right. not allowed. But, right. I mean, if it's just one here and there, I don't think it's a big deal. But I do like knocking the search time down. I mean, that'll that'll cut down pace of play pace and everything. Play, right? Anything to cut pace of play, I'm yeah. all for. What is uh, your favorite venue on tour? I have two. Yeah. Uh, TPC Sawgrass for the players mm -hmm. is my favorite tournament of the year. Yeah. Uh, Hilton Head's my favorite golf course, probably, just because it's so different than anything else. I think that a lot of people don't, maybe they underestimate Hilton Head, but we saw last week so many guys come off that course and they talked about strategy and how it's so much yeah. different, the way you have to think your way around the course, smallest greens on tour, that it is not uh, your typical bomb and gouge sort of layout. No, you, you have to think every single shot. Yeah. I mean, there's not one time you step up with your driver except for maybe 18 where you just step up and hit it. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you can't just hit fairways there. you got to hit the right right parts because there's trees overhanging and all that and it's just it's a place where every type of golfer can win and that's how I feel about sawgrass as well I mean the bombers don't have much of an advantage there and the short guys I mean they can compete like like for me I hit driver off every single hole at sawgrass except for no, the old number 12 yeah and where you know the long guys are hitting two iron so we're playing from the same spot a lot of times which <laughs> I really enjoy <laughs> I remember talking to you last year at sawgrass speaking of that that you were uh Mixed emotions, let's say. You tie the course record, shoot a 63, and you three-putt your final hole from about 40 feet there on number nine. And uh, it was a little hot under the collar uh, walking over, but, but you're, you're also pleased with, yeah. with tying a course record. How much did, I guess, how much did that putt bug you versus being able to shoot 63 on, on a very difficult course? Well, it, it, it did bug me because I, I'm a, I mean, I watch a lot of golf, and I know the statistics and everything, and I know no one's ever shot 62 there. And so I knew where I stood for sure. And it bugged me because I feel like if I would have been three or four under par, I probably would have taken a run at the long one. Mm -hmm. It might have made it, or I definitely would have two-putted it, I, I feel like. But I put too much emphasis on the moment, and I kind of got a little ahead of myself and just sold myself just to two-putt it, just to do something no one's ever done. So that's what bothered me. I didn't handle it very well mentally. Okay. Um, Execution-wise, you know, honestly, I hit a good putt on the second one and just slipped out. But if you'd have told me at the start of the day I was going to shoot 63, I wouldn't even have teed it up. Is that your best round as a pro? Best ball striking round as a pro, probably. You hit all, all 18 greens, yeah, right? for sure. I would say, under the circumstances, when I won at Springfield, I shot 62 at the lead on Sunday. Okay. And that was probably my, my favorite round as a pro. All right, now correct me if I'm wrong, but you uh, like a friendly wager every now and then on the course. So, who is your favorite person to get in their pocket? There's two again. Okay. Phil Mickelson okay. and Jordan Spieth. Because right. Jordan Wines batted a lot, and it's really fun to get in his pocket. All right. That was going to say, that's he's got to have some, some different reasons. Big there. names, but they both like right. to gamble, and I like to gamble. Well, let's flip it around. Who do you hate to lose to the most? Uh, both. Same okay. thing. It's the same <laughs> It's the same answer for both of them. So Spieth's going to let you hear it either, uh, either way? Not as much as Phil. Okay, really? Yeah, Phil, Phil likes to give it to you. Okay. All that's right. That's good. Uh, were you 
instrumental in, in creating the Golden Child nickname for Young Jordan? I believe I was. You think yes. you were? Yeah. We're going to have to, we're going to get some sort of Wikipedia thing going yeah, on to find the source. I mean, Robert Garrigus claims he is, but I've known Jordan since he was 16, and I've always said he's the Golden Child. Yeah. I mean, nothing ever ha bad happens to the guy. Well, a couple, every now and then, the, Very, the ball doesn't yeah. bounce his way, but I think he's ahead of the curve. He's definitely, yes. <laughs> Correct. Uh, all right, how about for you? Where do we get uh, Big Gravy? Which I would say is, is in the mix for the best. Yeah, uh, that's, that's all Steve Elkington. Okay. Uh, just one random day on Twitter, someone said something about me, and Elk responded with, that's my guy, Big Gravy. And I'm like, where did that come <laughs> from? And he, uh, I guess it's some famous scotch or whiskey or something called okay. Big Gravy, and I don't know, it kind of just stuck. He would know. Yeah, he would for sure know. <laughs> uh, any bad beat stories on the course with the... Uh, Practice round wagers. Oh yeah, uh, last year at the players. Okay. Yeah, me and Jamie Lovemark were playing Phil and Brendan Steele, and we had it two up with two to play, and pressed and uh, lost 17. And then Brendan Steele somehow from the right trees managed to have a gap and hit it through everything to three feet. We moved 17 and 18, and then they win the press. So that one. That one, that one stinks. But then I finished third, so I was told Phil I'll lose every Tuesday as long <laughs> as I finish third every week. It's gonna balance out in the yeah, checking account. I'll, right? I'll be okay there with you it. go. Uh, when you look back, talking about the, your amateur days, do you look back at that 07 Walker Cup team? How crazy good was that team? Do you feel yeah. like that's the best, the best Walker Cup team ever? Actually, just talk, Jim Gallagher Jr. Yeah. just asked me about that yeah. uh, when we were done with our set. I mean, we have eight guys out of ten on the PGA Tour. I mean, I would hard to find another team that's, that's like that. I mean, it's pretty special. We've got you, DJ, Webb Simpson, Horschel, Chris Kirk. Ricky Fowler. Love Mark. Kyle Stanley, Jamie Love yeah. Mark. I mean, it's just... It was it was fun. It was it was special. Do you ever look back and wonder how you only won by a point? <laughs> Playing over there is hard. I it mean, is. when you look at it, I mean, against I, Rory and Danny Willett. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. they, they I, had a few guys on the opposite side yeah, too. Yeah, it was uh, it was so cool. It's my it's my favorite golf moment. Just because yeah. that's the only team event I've ever played on, and it was just it was awesome. Uh, what is the best nightlife on tour? <laughs> Wherever I'm at. <laughs> no, Las Vegas, for Vegas? sure. Vegas, okay. I mean, you can't beat right. Vegas. Uh, so I am a Florida boy. I went to Florida. have never been to the Nelson, okay. which is in your mm -hmm. neck of the woods. What am I missing there with that scene? It's been great. to Colonia. I haven't yeah. been to Nelson. Nelson's awesome crowd. I mean, yeah. it's kind of a mini Phoenix, I would say. Yeah. It's a tough – you don't get that many people out on the golf course because it's so spread out. But like the last three holes, I mean, the crowds are awesome. I mean, they treat you. Un the Salesmanship Club is just mm -hmm. is one of the best organizations in golf. They treat you unbelievable. Um, it's great. It's just a fun event. It's the one. This will be my first one to miss. I played the last ten, yeah. and I'm 31 years old, so it's pretty <laughs> cool. I mean, I played. I qualified in college, and then every year I've been on the web, they've given me a spot. Um, it, I mean, it's just that tournament means so much to me. It's it's a it's a really cool place. So outside of golf, what's your favorite sport? Oh, gambling. <laughs> 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 I mean, to. Football and hockey are my two favorites to watch. Hockey, yeah, You're I'm a hockey big guy. hockey fan. Okay. Watch, going to games live yeah. uh, is my fa and watching playoff hockey. Playoff hockey live is, is the best. It's the best. Yeah, I agree. but I mean, I've been a diehard Cowboy fan ever since I was three years old, and uh, I mean, I won't ever miss a Cowboy game. Are you shedding a tear for Tony Romo going to the booth? Uh, yes and no. I mean, I love Tony. I've known him for a long time, and uh, you know, he's been a he's a great player. He gets a bad rap. Yeah. I feel like you know he's kind of gets an unfair judgment, but. You know, I mean, with his injuries and everything, I, th I think it's probably the best move for him health-wise. Yeah, I'm going to miss seeing him play. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, if the Cowboys keep playing the way they are, we'll I'm going right. to be happy. So are you a Stars guy with NHL? Yeah, big Stars fan. Really? Yeah. Okay. So 
always, I mean, I didn't miss a game when I was home. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I play golf with a lot of those guys and everything. And they're the, hockey guys are my favorite people in the world. They're yeah. so fun. They, they love golf and they like to have a good time. And uh, it's just, they're my kind of people. So you mentioned the gambling stuff. We were talking before this that uh, the Spring Break boys recently went on their trip to Baker's Bay. You said you were doing your Spring Break trip to Las Vegas. When are we going to have Colt Nost Vegas on Snapchat and with your own little filter? Never. you got to be there to witness <laughs> that. It's a, it's a good time, though. Yeah? For sure. A little different than theirs. I keep my shirt on. Okay. There yeah. you go. Uh, there's plenty to do out in that town. It's a great place. Even without uh, jumping off of yachts and, sure. and into buildings. And That's right playing barefoot golf in, in bathing suits. I don't play much golf in Vegas. There's a lot better things to do in exactly. Vegas with your time. So uh, so you said October, you're looking to cut back, yeah. uh, come back to the Safeway fully healthy and, and get back at it? Yeah, I believe I have 23 events, you know, to get my card. It's pretty much a full season. So, you know, I'm I'm excited. I, you know, it's, it's like I said, I love watching golf. Like, I watch a lot of golf on TV, and it's it's hard. Like, I just, I want to get out there. I want to play. I want to, I mean, I miss just getting in a cart and going and playing with my buddies. And, yeah. Hopefully, you know, in a month or so, I'll be ready to do that. As a, as a tour player watching, what was it like seeing Sergio win the Masters? It was great. I mean, I just don't think people realize the guts it takes to hit the shots those two guys hit coming down the stretch under that amount of pressure. I mean, the quality of golf was just incredible, mm -hmm. you know, the whole back nine. And, you know, it was awesome. I mean, he's, he's had so many close calls. He's been... You know, he doesn't get treated the best when he comes over to America. And for him to win our biggest tournament, arguably, I mean, it was really cool to watch. Yeah. Uh, I remember last year, I think it was last year, at Torrey Pines, you, you had a crazy putt with Billy Horschel there in the midst of basically the apocalypse. Yeah. You made, made about a 40-footer. So how, how much fun was that moment? But also, how crazy was that round at Torrey Pines? That was probably the toughest conditions I've ever played in. Yeah. I mean, it was surprising we were out there, to be honest. I mean, it was just... I was so lucky to be paired with Billy and Scott Stallings, and yeah. we all kind of agreed walking off the first tee, like, listen, let's just have fun. No matter what happens, happens. And so, like, no one got mad. Everybody was just, you know, kind of cheering for each other. I mean, Billy got more excited when I made that putt than I did. Yeah. But uh, it was just it was just unbelievable. I mean, I shot 78 the final round and moved up a spot. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it was just, you just said, don't make anything worse than a bogey somehow, and you'll be fine. Yeah. Before we let you go, consider this among friends. Would you like to share a Jordan Spieth story? Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you a good one. So I stayed at his house last year during Byron Nelson mm -hmm. since I moved out to Scottsdale. And I've shared this story with a few people. So I'm staying there. His house is unbelievable, obviously. Mm -hmm. There's 500 TVs in this house probably, except for in the room I'm staying in. So I kind of was giving him a hard time. I'm like, how do you not have a TV in one of your rooms? Like, you have one everywhere. You have one in the hallway, you know? <laughs> He's like, all right, I'll get you a TV over here. So he has a house manager lady that calls AT&T, and I'm standing right there when she calls him. It's like, we need another box over here. So they're like, all right, we can be over there next week between, you know, three and five. And she goes, no, it's for Jordan Spieth. They go, all right, we'll be there within the next hour and a half. <laughs> no kidding. They were there in like 45 minutes. It was unbelievable. Helps to have the, the uh -huh. AT&T hotline, right? Let's see, another good reason to be Jordan Spieth. There you go. The golden child strikes again. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, you are uh, working this week. You're, yeah. you're back on with doing some, some stuff with us for Golf Central. What's been your favorite uh, or least favorite aspect of transitioning to in front of the camera? It was it's great. You know, I was, yesterday was my first day and it was just straight live, no rehearsal, no anything. And it, I was live here. Yeah. And I mean, I was a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. And I don't get nervous very often, but, uh, it was really cool. It, it makes me appreciate what all everybody in this business goes through. Um, cause it was definitely out of my comfort zone, but I feel like today I was much more comfortable and relaxed and 
we're actually talking about golf now, like like live shots and mm -hmm. doing highlights and stuff, and that's just that's my comfort level. I mean, I can handle that for sure. Yeah, well, we're glad to have you, but look forward to having you back on the other side of the ropes, and maybe we'll have to catch a hockey game. You got it. I appreciate it. Uh, Colt Nost on the mend, going to be back in action in October. Thank you much for joining yeah. us. Uh, I'm your host, Will Gray. This has been another edition of the Golf Channel Podcast. We'll see you next time. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Oh, my God, the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.